Hey, Richies. No, your ears do not deceive you. We're coming in hot on a Sunday. So here's the deal. In all the chaos of last week, we had to set aside an episode of Rich and Daily that was originally scheduled for Thursday so we could cover a breaking story. But we still wanted to share it with all of you. I mean, if you tell a joke and no one hears it, is it even a joke? Think of it as bonus content. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a Sunday matinee, if you will, where we dig into some real behind-the-scenes Broadway drama. Liam, there's a lot of stuff I think we agree on. Yeah. And one of them is that once you get a bad reputation, especially in Hollywood, it can be pretty tough to shake. I mean, I still have not been able to live down that time I left you and Brooke in that Airbnb to go to that premiere. To this day. I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to bring it up twice, mind you. (laughs) You made other plans when we were supposed to hang out. I was busy. Yeah, Yeah, totally, totally. We're all busy, Liam. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But somebody who has this in common with you dealing with a badly tarnished reputation the last few years is former Glee actress Leah Michelle who's been accused by quite a few different people of being everything from a bully to being racist. Yeah. So whether these accusations are true or not, it's safe to say her image has definitely taken a hit. Yeah. And now I would say Leah's making a real attempt to go from mean girl to funny girl. Uh-huh. See? Yeah. See what I did there? I, I see it. I yeah. see it. And I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. (laughs) But yeah, the curtain has gone up on a new act in Leah Michelle's life. She's saying goodbye to being a bully, to being a racist, maybe. Mm -hmm. And the reviews are in. And we're going to dole them out for you in the way that only we can. (laughs) From Wondery, I'm Arisha Skidmore-Williams. And filling in for Brooke Sifrin, who's off this week, I'm Liam Garrow. It's Sunday, September 11th. And you're listening to Rich and Daily. If you've been keeping up with Even the Rich, you've heard us talking about Monopoly Go. That's right. And we're going to keep talking about it. So playing Monopoly Go with your family and friends is truly a delight. Yeah, there's always something new to do, like partner events where you build on each other's boards, crazy tournaments where you can recruit your friends, or competitions to outdo them on the leaderboards. And we love competition. Yeah, we do. Too much. And if you want to play solo, there's timed events like obscenely massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees. It's honestly a really great pastime. Exactly. Compete with your friends and people all around the world to be the biggest Monopoly tycoon on the leaderboards. So join the fun and download Monopoly Go now, free on the App Store and Google Play. Life is full of personal wins, whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list. Winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the Personal Price Plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
Say goodbye to performance-robbing engine deposits with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Hate to break it to you, but lower-grade fuel can leave deposits in your engine that build up over time and leave your engine's performance severely lacking. Thankfully, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus removes up to 100% of performance-robbing deposits with continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors. Download the Shell app today to find your nearest Shell station and rejuvenate your engine with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Fuel up at Shell. So it feels like Leah Michelle has essentially been auditioning for the starring role in the Funny Girl musical ever since she truly slayed the song Don't Rain on My Parade in the first season of Glee. I'm sure, Liam, you remember that. Oh, I mean, time stood still. <laughs> and last Tuesday night, a few days before testing positive for COVID, Rachel Berry's dreams came true when Leah opened as Fanny Bryce on Broadway. And apparently she nailed it because she got not one not two, but seven standing ovations. Yeah, so the first standing ovation, by the way, she got purely just by walking out on stage. Like, yeah. didn't even say a word, didn't even need to, like, give out her first line. People were like, it's Leah Michelle. boom, we're up. Yeah, it's kind of setting the bar low when it comes to what earns applause if it's just walking out onto stage. I mean, that's star power, babe, right? It truly is. Yeah, and then after that standing ovation, she got another three before the first act even ended, including one, like, of course, after she sang Don't Rain on My Parade. Yeah, there had better have been one then. Like, give the girl what she's working for. (laughs) Yeah, imagine tepid applause. Um, But, you know, people in the crowd for her opening night, I mean, they were definitely friends. She had people there really in her corner, including her bestie, actor Jonathan Groff, who, of course, starred with her in Spring Awakening on Broadway. Yeah. And Ryan Murphy, who created Glee and, based on his IMDb profile, literally every other show on television, (laughs) um, he was there also rooting for their buddy Leah. Yeah, they were all rooting for her. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's important to have, you know, your loved ones in your corner, especially on opening night. And this was Leah's opening night, but it was not opening night for the show. Now, we talked about this a couple of months back. Leah replaced Beanie Feldstein, who was the original lead when this revival opened back in April. But Beanie announced that she'd be leaving because the producers were taking the show in a, quote, different direction. But then, of course, as is always the case when there's any kind of news, there was a ton of speculation. And the speculation was that Beanie got pushed out so that Leah could step in. Yeah. And, you know, Beanie, when she debuted in Funny Girl, it's worth noting, you know, her reviews were not great. No, they weren't. No. And I think pretty soon afterwards, like, the sort of rumor on the hill, as it were, was that showrunners were looking to replace her, especially because pretty quickly into her run, like, ticket sales took a major nosedive. Like, I think as recently as July, even, she was only performing to audiences that were, like, 65% full. So not great. And... 
Back on June 30th, Gawker broke the news that Leah was set to take over the role and that the deal had already been done and signed. Mm -hmm. The article caused, as you can imagine, great upset to Beanie. Yeah, I mean, the thing to remember is like, for as much as this was Leah's Broadway dream, it was also Beanie's. Right. I I can't imagine what that would feel like, the emotional toll that would take on me. Totally. It'd be rough. Yeah. And so once this news broke that, you know, she was being replaced, Beanie really did cause an internet firestorm of her very own when she announced on her Instagram that she'd be leaving the show on July 31st ahead of her original exit date, which was September 25th. Yeah. And yeah, in her post, she said... Once the production decided to take the show in a different direction, I made the extremely difficult decision to step away sooner than anticipated. Is it me or does this read like a Broadway show? Like the drama, like it feels very meta. Like this is exactly what would happen in a Broadway show. Well, you said this yesterday, even when we were talking about like, don't worry, darling. Like it's like the layers of like, like showbiz talking about showbiz. Like this does absolutely play out. Yeah. 100% like a Broadway musical. No question. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about this also, how when it was announced that Leah was going to step into the role, not everybody was thrilled. And as is the case when anything gets announced nowadays, your past comes up to bite you in the ass. Oh, big time. And, you know, uh, Leah has taken some major heat from people she used to work with. Back in 2020, Leah's Glee co-star Samantha Ware opened up to Variety about Leah's alleged bad behavior on set. She said that Leah gave her the silent treatment with stare downs, the Mm. looks, the comments under her breath, the weird passive aggressiveness. Don't like. And after Leah shared her support of the Black Lives Matter movement on social media, Samantha, who is a black woman, tweeted in response to her and said, Remember when you made my first television gig a living hell? Because I'll never forget. I believe you told everyone that if you had the opportunity, you would shit in my wig, Mm. amongst other traumatic microaggressions that made me question a career in Hollywood. Hate that. Another one of Leah's Glee co-stars, Heather Morris, also commented on all of, like, the major Leah backlash, and she Mm -hmm. tweeted at the time, was she unpleasant to work with? Very much so. For Leah to treat others with the disrespect that she did for as long as she did, I believe she should, in all caps, Mm. be called out. And not long after Leah's Funny Girl casting was announced, Samantha Ware chimed in with a tweet that said, Yes, Broadway upholds whiteness. (sighs) Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, at the very least, she was a bully. And at the worst, she was a piece of trash racist. Yeah. And I just... It's just really hard when you see people that are shitty get accolades and get success and keep getting opportunities because it's like one opportunity there means somebody else isn't getting that opportunity. And it's like, does she deserve it? I don't know. Well, and it's also like it definitely feels like she's kind of taking something from someone else. Like that's, I think, yeah, people literally, are kind I mean, of also reading into this with the whole yeah. beanie situation. Yeah. I've just, I've always wondered like, why didn't they just cast Leah Michelle? in the first place. Like, she has been... Good question. ...essentially vocally auditioning for this role her whole career. So it's yeah. like, I don't know why they didn't just go with her in the first place. Could have saved a lot of heartache for some people, but... Truly, my God. Broadway loves its drama. Yes. But after, you know, all of Leah's mean girl antics were brought to light, some people on social media declared her canceled, which, to be fair, somebody will post that a celebrity dropped a straw and there will be comments, cancel them, cancel them. So right. that doesn't necessarily equate to actually somebody being canceled. 
But Leah did respond. She posted a three-page statement on Instagram. And in it, she said that she didn't remember the behavior that she'd been accused of. Convenient. Mm-hmm. But she said that she had a privileged position and perspective that caused her to be perceived as insensitive or inappropriate at times. Which, I don't know, when it comes to accountability for doing things shittily or being mean or just being a bad person, yeah, this is not the best way to do it, in my opinion. I've seen much better. Yeah, I mean, God, we love a selective memory, don't we? Yeah, we do. Um, but since Leah posted that, she's kept pretty quiet. She hasn't really been doing interviews, but she did recently do an interview with the New York Times where she discussed her reputation. Yeah, and in the interview, Leah says her work style is intense. She definitely admits to that, maybe even to a fault. Mm -hmm. Um, She said, I have an edge to me. I work really hard. I leave no room for mistakes. That level of perfectionism or that pressure of perfectionism left me with a lot of blind spots. And she also says that kind of work ethic was drilled into her back in her early days when she was like, you know, a kid performing on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And she said the expectation to perform at a consistently high level often put her in a semi-robotic state. Mm -hmm. Look, I can appreciate perfectionism. I don't Mm -hmm. always suffer from that, thank God. But you can be a perfectionist without being a shithead. Right. Like it just, it kind of just seems like, it's almost like the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry, or I'm sorry you feel that way versus actually taking accountability. And I don't love that. She's talking around the issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I also will say as an aside, I find it interesting that the first time that she's really spoken about this has been like in a print interview. Cause I do wonder Mm -hmm. if like, if she were on camera Maybe her feet were really sort of held to the fire a bit more. Like, imagine if, like, Gail King was like, oh, no, I will sit down and talk (laughs) with you about this. Like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, I just wonder if maybe she would be forced to be a little more, kind of what you were saying, like, accountable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It gives me the the interview thing where it's like, what's your weakness? And it's like, my greatest weakness is I work too hard. I work too hard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, never been a good look. No. Um, (laughs) But I will say... (laughs) At least when it comes to opening night, it doesn't seem like she was in the semi-robotic state because the sold-out Broadway crowd was apparently very appreciative of her performance. Yeah, so in case anyone's wondering, that's what seven standing ovations sounds like. That's so many standing ovations, which I mean, in terms of being positive here, like I'm glad she's getting that kind of reception, regardless of who you are. I can imagine that something that's universal for all of us is wanting to be liked and appreciated for our work. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like at least in this show, she was. I mean, in this show. Yes. (laughs) In this one show, in this one performance, (laughs) I will not speak to anything else. Conclusively, yes. Yeah. So what do you think, Liam? Like, I feel like Leah has, like I've said, been auditioning for Funny Girl her whole life. Mm -hmm. This is like her magnum opus. And so the question is, will her success with this show, assuming it continues, will it erase her notorious mean girl image? I'm going to say sadly, yes. (laughs) You know, because my feeling ultimately is this. When people behave badly, yeah, I, I, and I, the, of course, there are varying degrees of like really awful behavior. But if we're even talking about like, of course, Leah Michelle's situation specifically, like, I believe that if someone takes the appropriate measures, 
that hopefully they can be like, mm-hmm. I don't know, redeemed and that we can all move on from this. But my big thing is like, I just don't feel like there's been that moment. Like I was saying before, like there's not been the interview like, I don't really think the New York Times really sort of galvanized her really enough. To, it didn't. For, for me to really feel like I understand where she's coming from. We can move past this now. Yeah. I think the thing that I'm really struggling with is we're all just kind of brushing it away. And I just think like mm-hmm. in a moment where we're trying to all be a little more mindful and aware of our behavior and of being accountable, like, I just don't think this is the way to go about it at all. Well, I don't know. I'm a big fan of actions speak louder than words. And yes, she basically wrote three pages on Instagram, which for the record is not actually three pages in terms of actual pages. Yeah. And that's basically it seems like all she's really done to be accountable. And it's like, how have you shown that you're accountable? You wait till you get this incredible opportunity. And then you're like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. And it's like, okay, why weren't you saying this in the years before when all this stuff was coming out other than that little three-page non-apology apology? Yeah, we always hear from celebrities who are like, you know what, listening and learning. And like, Mm -hmm. we need to get in the habit of asking them directly, like, what have you tangibly done to help you learn and move past this moment? Yeah, well, because I believe we all should suffer for our sins, I'm going to write a play called Hilarious Woman. (laughs) I'm going to cast Beanie in it. Yes. And it is going to destroy Broadway's performance of Funny Girl. Just you wait. I'm going to give it eight standing ovations. Thank you. That's all I need. I'm going for eight. From Wondery, I'm Marisha Skidmore-Williams. And I'm Liam Garrow, filling in for Brooke Sifrin. This is Rich and Daily. See you tomorrow, Richies. If you like our show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening right now. And tell your friends we've got the hot goss. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this, perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients. Popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.